Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 67 of Secrets of Shadowloo. Uh, we're still reading the tourist trap adventure in the back of this book. Our story so far, our street fighting heroes traveled to the city of Barcelona to participate in a low-rent street fighter tournament. It was held in the big bullfighting arena, and VIPs from all over the place inexplicably came to cram themselves into the stands, uh, possibly three days early for the fight. It was all extremely crowded and unpleasant and unsafe, and wouldn't you know it, a couple of ninjas grabbed an important diplomat out of the crowd and then leisurely strolled him, weekend at Bernie style, out of the arena. Uh, no one did shit about it, except for the player characters who bravely chased after him until some other NPC street fighters bravely tackled them and started fighting them because they wanted to rescue the important diplomat, and the ninjas escaped with the important diplomat. The tournament is called off. The police come and the characters are informed they better get out of there before the police start asking them a lot of uncomfortable questions. So that was kind of our call to adventure, but then we got tackled by some thinly motivated NPCs and we couldn't chase the adventure and then the adventure left in an unmarked van. So now what? I'll tell you what. And here I quote from just the end of last page running into this one. Quote, on the way back to the hotel, the characters are approached by a small Spanish man. He is very well dressed and appears somewhat wealthy, but he nonetheless has the demeanor of a card shark or used car salesman. He introduces himself as Miguel. Now, there is some dialogue here for Miguel, but I'm supposed to deliver it, according to the book, in a heavy Spanish accent. I don't feel like doing that accent right now, so suffice it to say that this strange little Spanish man, Miguel, goes up to the Street Fighters and says, Hey, you're Street Fighters, aren't you? I was at the arena. I saw you. Really too bad there's no tournament tonight, but I happen to know there's another Street Fighter tournament tonight. Here, take this card. Come to this location tonight at 3. Which, to me, the phrase tonight at 3 seems incorrect from any angle. Neither 3 a.m. nor 3 p.m. seems like tonight at 3, especially when it's already nighttime. But I guess the Street Fighters know what he's talking about. They take the card, and the card is for the Toreador restaurant, and there are directions to get there. It also advertises live entertainment. Now, at this point, the scenario says the team's manager will encourage them, hey, go do the street fight. We don't want to waste the trip. Real confident, this manager you've got. They're extremely trusting for this line of work. His fighters come to him and say, a sleazy diminutive stranger just invited us to come fight someone at an unknown location. And their manager's like, sounds legit. You definitely should go. It's just like my mom always taught me. Always fight and always go with strangers. So they do. The street fighters are off to scene two where they got to get to the restaurant by walking through Las Ramblas, which is like the rowdy part of town. Rowdy and seedy. It is, quote, filled with grimy bars and unsavory merchant stalls. It says, quote, it is already late by the time they can get here, and the nightlife is in full swing. I am extremely confused about this timeline. Let's assume the previous page, it was a typo when they said this tournament was on Tuesday, and assume that it was on Friday, which is the day that the characters showed up to go stretch or whatever at the bullfighting arena. They come in Friday night before the tournament is scheduled to start. Then just as it's about to start, the fight breaks out, the kidnapping happens, the characters are headed home, they're going back to the hotel when they meet up with Miguel, and Miguel says, meet me tonight at this restaurant. And then it says, by the time they get there, the nightlife is in full swing. So it can't be that the street fighters like go to sleep and wake up, and then at, what, 3 p.m., they go to this restaurant and the nightlife is in full swing, and the bars are all hopping? Clearly not. Clearly this is 3 a.m. 
and it's like, no, night has passed. This is 3 a.m. immediately after the tournament was supposed to happen. I don't know what time of night Street Fighter tournaments are conventionally held, but whatever. They went down there in the evening, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I don't know. And I guess the characters have just been up since then, very slowly making their way to this restaurant uh, to go fight. Anyway, there's a lot here about this part of town and how uh, uh, seedy and edgy it is. This section is actually entitled Walk on the Wild Side. And if your players enjoy being absolute rubes, this is the adventure for you. Results will vary, but I expect that the average player character group will come out of this scene with zero wallets, one knife wound, and at least one STI. Because apparently, regardless of their stats or background, all of these characters are absolute fucking hayseeds. Quote, the characters are propositioned a couple of times. People will ask them if they want to buy watches or beer, or rather unsavory things best left to the storyteller's imagination. A girl will give one of the characters, preferably a rich-looking one, a rose and smile as she leaves. If the character accepts it and carries it, he will be considered a mark by the girl's fellow pickpockets. There's actually a little subsection for this pickpocket scheme. It says that the character who's carrying the rose is going to be accosted by a pickpocket. It says, quote, The storyteller should make a resisted roll using five dice, the pickpocket's dice pool, while the character rolls perception plus streetwise. This represents the pickpocket bumping into him and trying to get away with something valuable. If the pickpocket succeeds, he gets away with a wallet, a watch, or some other valuable item belonging to the character, who won't notice its loss until he tries to use the item. If the player matches or gets more successes than the pickpocket's roll, he realizes that he is being filched and can stop the crook. The fellow will immediately run, however, trying to escape into the crowd. If he is chased, the storyteller can call for another resisted roll using six dice for the thief. Characters roll their dexterity plus athletics. If the characters succeed, they can catch him, otherwise he escapes. The thief has nothing to do with the rest of the story, he is merely a diversion. Keep that in mind. The pickpocket is just a, a random encounter, a floating chance for you, the street fighting rube, to lose your watch or your wallet or something like that. Has no bearing on the plot, and it appears that this pickpocket, against all odds, doesn't work for Shadowloo. Anyway, the player characters can do whatever the fuck they want here. It even says that weapons are being sold. You can buy a small pistol if for some reason you want to use a shitty weapon and lose all your honor. But I don't know. You do you. Buy drugs, buy guns, hire prostitutes, take roses from strange women, whatever. And whenever you're done losing your innocence, proceed to the Toreador restaurant. Actually, not quite yet, because there's a note first. Quote, As the characters near their destination, they see the Museo de Serra and the Expo Museo, two wax museums, both closed at this hour. Down the block from them is the address the team is trying to find. Shockingly, we will never hear another peep about these two wax museums. This may be the first time in the history of role-playing game modules, or indeed all fiction, that two wax museums appear and are never heard from again. How do you not street fight in a wax museum? But anyway, on to the restaurant, a much more interesting fight location than a fucking wax museum. Perhaps we can hurl tapas at each other. It'll be extremely exciting. Uh, the Toreador restaurant, it's underground. There are bouncers, but they're not really a problem. You are invited, and if you decide just to be an asshole anyway, they go down pretty quick. Anyway, once the bouncers are satisfied with your credentials or unconscious, you proceed into the restaurant at last. Quote, Once in the restaurant, the characters will not be bothered. Everyone assumes that if you're inside, you've got an invite. As the characters look around them, they may recognize the place, either from pictures or stories they've heard. Tables with raucous customers circle a square, open floor, allowing the diners to see the floor. This is no dance floor, for chain-link fencing blocks the tables from the open area. Perceptive characters may recognize long-dried bloodstains on the stone floor. Each character should get a perception plus arena roll. Even one success will allow a character to realize that she is standing in the arena of Vega's stage. That's right, this is the restaurant with the chain-link fence where Vega fights. He uses that fence too. Vega has a sweet deal with the World Warrior Tournament. Not only does he get to use claws, he's the only one with a weapon, 
he pushed his luck even further than that. He's like, okay, the claws, fantastic. I need the claws. They're part of my martial art. Thank you. Also, there's this fence. Do you mind if I, do you mind if I employ uh, a fence? Maybe I could get like a diving board. I could sort of swan dive with my claws directly onto my foes' heads. Would that be acceptable? In fact, I have an idea for a whole new arena. It's like a small wooden box, and my opponent starts in the box, and I start on top of the box, and I just stab, stab, stab down into it. It's okay, I'm a duelist. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Anyway, while the Street Fighters are pondering what makes Vega so fucking special, they themselves are being scrutinized. Quote, the characters are watched from the moment they come in. Miguel, the man who gave the team their invitation, is in a far corner, obscured by darkness and smoke. Unknown to the characters, he watches the team and gestures to a waiter, who nods and approaches the characters. This way, sirs, the waiter says, gesturing to an empty table looking out on the arena. Before the team can ask any questions, he disappears, but Miguel comes up to the table. So Miguel comes up to them and says, Hey, great to see you. Welcome to the street fight. Anyway, there are no other street fighters. I guess they all got caught in traffic or arrested by the police or whatever. But it's great that you're here because all these people came to see a street fight. You will be paid, of course, and we have a a great fighter for you to fight. I'll bring her out and you can take a look and decide if you want to beat her up in this restaurant. And then it says, quote, before they can ask any more questions, Miguel slips away to the darkened corners of the room. He's too quick for you. No questions. One of the street fighters, I guess, is like, "Eh, this story doesn't seem to add up. Was anyone booked for this tournament? Ah, Darn it. He retreated to the shadowy corners. Too late to ask him any questions now. As everyone knows, dark corners are base. You cannot be approached while you are on base. Damn it, that crafty Miguel. So unable to ask any questions, The Street Fighters are just adrift, out of their element, as music starts, and lights come on, and a woman comes out into the fighting area in kind of a sexy matador outfit. It says, quote, she is incredibly beautiful, and an ah is heard from the patrons as they are captivated by her looks, which is a reaction I have had to a woman internally, but never out loud. I would love to see that happen. I would love to see a woman walk into a room and have people just go, ah, you might get that at a wedding, but that's convention. I mean, spontaneously. I mean, like a woman walks into a gas station and the guy at the counter and the guy trying to buy smokes are like, ah, that would impress me. Anyway, spoilers for next page, because that's the end of this one. This is a huge fucking trap. An ambush is about to be sprung. This woman is going to fuck you over and most likely fuck you up. That is the secret of Shadaloo on this page. See, you, you thought I forgot about the format. I got so wrapped up in the story. I did not. The secret of Shadaloo on this page, which I've been building to, and I think I've given you plenty of examples so far, is that... In many cases, you literally can't beat Shadaloo. Like this is just a mechanical, like on the on the level of the rules of the game and the rules of the scenario. The storyteller instruction is when the players attempt to uh, confront or in any way deal with Shadaloo agents, they simply can't. It's just, it's just as easy as that. Like think about everything that has happened on this page to these miserable fucking rubes who call themselves street fighters with no chance to resist it. You have no chance to figure out what Miguel is up to. There's no insight role to figure out what Miguel is doing in inviting you to this restaurant. He's inviting you, by the way, to a restaurant uh, that is the signature arena of a world warrior, and you have no chance to recognize it by name. It's extremely easy to recognize it once you're inside, because I guess you've seen photographs of that chain link fence or the blood spatters on the floor, and you're like, oh, I recognize those blood spatters. This is where Vega fights. But nobody has a chance of knowing the name of the restaurant where Vega fights. Even your manager, whose job it is to know when you are walking blindly into Vega's chain link kill box, even he has no chance to know. No role. Your manager just simply does not recognize the name. The Toreador restaurant? Sounds fun. Go get in a cage and fight somebody there. 
the flower girl who gives you a flower to mark you for the pickpocket. No chance to roll streetwise to know what that's about. You go into the restaurant, Miguel is watching you from the darkness, the impenetrable darkness of a Spanish restaurant. You have no chance to see Miguel. He's spying on you. You have no chance to see him. Restaurant's too dark. Nobody can see anything in this dark, smoky fucking restaurant, except Miguel can see you. More importantly, all of this, this whole setup, is about to be a huge ambush. Again, spoilers for tomorrow. There are ninjas hiding here. This woman you're supposed to fight is not on the level. Miguel is tricking you. There is no tournament. No chance to detect any of that. No role. Shadowloo agents are too good at lying. You just believe them. So the secret here, which indeed would be a secret probably to, to players playing this adventure, is that it is, it is fully rigged. Unlike that pickpocket who is pointless and therefore there's a role you can make to like catch him or chase him or whatever, when it comes to the Shadowloo agents who are just carrying this rickety plot on their fucking backs, they're invincible. What they're trying to do, it's simply going to work. Even the waiter, even the waiter in this restaurant, if one of the street fighters thinks to be like, hey, did you hear anything about a, a fighting tournament tonight? Or, hey, do you know Vega? Or can you direct me to a telephone? I've got to fire my manager. He vanishes. Ninja vanishes. He's probably a Spanish ninja too. The waiter vanishes before you can even get a question out of your mouth. And then Miguel shows up to do some exposition at you, and then he fucking vanishes. These Shadowloo ninjas, not only invincible to your powers of perception, to your knowledge of the streets, invincible even to questions. They're too fast. As you can see, this adventure so far is just kind of spackled together with GM Fiat, but at least they're giving us kind of a nice tour of like, what is the Street Fighter experience? What is it like to fight in a tournament? What is it like to have this job? And importantly, what are the fans like? Join me next time for some damning revelations about street fighting aficionados on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>